What is going on, FA Nation? John Pember here with Sean Mitchell bringing you the inaugural eSports CSGO DFS podcast here. Uh, Sean, what did you have a name for this? You kind of, what was it? Uh, pop and Top. top. kind of, it was just something that I kind of made up off the top of my head and it just seemed kind of funny. You know, I, I tweeted out something uh, about a guy, you know, who's really good with AWP, which is a sniper rifle and he was kind of, you know, popping heads. So I kind of made that reference and it kind of was like coinciding with the podcast. So I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good name. Why not? Pop and Tops Podcast, CSGO. It sounds hey, good to me. Yeah, not, nothing wrong with that. Now, Sean, obviously, you know, you are the uh, the king of our CSGO content here at Fantasy Alarm, the head of the esports uh, content that we have here. Now, I'm, you know, I've been following you. I've been tailing your plays. I've won some money. I even won a showdown slate, me and my 45 closest friends splitting yes, first sir. place there. Uh, but obviously, like, I'm very novice to what CSGO is, understanding the game. I know it's Counter-Strike. I play some Call of Duty Warzone, so I know the sure. idea behind first-person shooters and some of the, the multiplayer. But for those who this is, like, their first introduction, their first look into esports, into CSGO, give us, like, a little bit of an idea, a little bit of strategy of what we should know going into this. Okay. So basically, you know, you know that right there with the it's a first person shooter game. It's it's a it's a game where a lot of it's it's basically a professional level gamer as game. Uh, it's two two teams, five on each team, um, make up the roster. So it's basically if anybody has ever played Call of Duty, uh, Search and Destroy, it is basically kind of the same framework that that game or that you know kind of type of game entails. Basically, there's a bomb site. There are two on each map. So for the professional setting, there's only seven maps that they play. I think there's like actually uh, like 10 or so, ten or 11 actually total maps on the CSGO game. But for the professional stage, they only play seven maps. So each map has a A-bomb a site and a B-bomb site. So what happens is, is each team uh, will either start on the counter-terror side or the terror side. So the counter-terrorist side is exactly doing what, you know, the opposite side of what the terrorist side is doing. The terrorist side is trying to plant the bomb. Uh, the way that it was explained to me when I first started was that this is an incoming package, uh, and basically the terrorists are trying to plant this bomb with this package, and the counter-terrorists, you know, their operation is to not let them plant the bomb. So each round lasts two minutes long. So the bomb planters or the terrorists have two minutes to plant the bomb in each one of or one of these sites. The counter-terrorists obviously have to play defense, basically. Uh, and then after that, uh, each map will last 30 rounds, or it is set to last 30 rounds. Um, basically, a 16-14 score is your perfect ideal. If it were to go the full distance, you have to win by two. Um, the strategy behind building rosters in CSGO is, is kind of, it's a little bit um, fickle, I should say, because it's kind of set for a couple of different variations depending on your slate size. So basically in matches that have, say, two to three games or two to three matches, uh, I would only usually stick to one of two constructs, and that is either a three from one team and a three for another team, or I usually say my main stack, which would be my three stack, and then I would either pick another match that I thought of the two. If it's a two match, I would pick, you know, one of the matches that I think will go uh, the full distance of what I say three maps, uh, and then I try to either pick two from the team that I think will win, and then use a one off from the team that I think may lose. Uh, so the constructs for that, like I mentioned, would be like a three by three or a three by two by one. Once you start to get up to the larger slates, four and over. That's whenever you can kind of start expanding that construct. You can start to throw in some two by two by two, some two by two by one by one, uh, and so on and so forth. So as the matches get wider and larger, um, the variance does tend to, to grow as well. So you need to basically hit on all cylinders with all of your picks. So that's kind of a strategy into the game, how the game's played, and kind of into the constructs as far as building your lineups in CSGO. All right. Now we have uh, four... Uh, Monday's slate here, a five-match slate. Uh, you said this is a combination of two different uh, tournaments right now? Is right. that how you explain it? Yeah, so we have the beginning of the DreamHack Winners Ma or DreamHack Masters Winter 2020 event that is actually kicking off Monday. 
Uh, and then we have the Flashpoint 2 event that is uh, continuing on from prior dates. And, uh, and do they, uh, does anything change really between the two tournaments or is like every sort of the map selections and everything all similar to one another? Yeah, I mean, basically the, the main thing that changes from these bigger tier events is, um, you know, every once in a while you'll get some of the lower tiers that uh, kind of get a welcome into these tournaments. So you'll have most of your top tier teams uh, you know, the ones that everybody knows, the Cloud Nines, the Team Liquids, the Evil Geniuses, the you know more prominent names in esports. And then you get these, you know, kind of um, younger names in the lower tiers like Gambit Youngsters that's on the slate to, uh, for Monday. Uh, also, Envy uh, is another team that kind of fell away from their roster. They kind of have a newer roster um, starting this. I think this is their second match since they've returned. So just kind of just a little bit of the overall makeup is mostly the same as far as the top tier talent teams. Uh, you'll just kind of get some of the lower tiers that get invited into these bigger tournaments at times too. No, no, Sean. Obviously, you're building up, you know, our projections and probably eventually our stats for CSGO. But like, where do you go to find your research here? Obviously, everybody listening should be checking out your playbook each and every day. Um, but you know, when you're putting up together this content, like, where are you going to look for your research? Okay, so yeah, I use a one-stop shop, and uh, that is hltv.org. Um, basically, it is a hub for CSGO. It's a data. It's a, just a huge database. It has basically every single stat that you can think of, all-time individual stats, team stats, anything you can probably think of. That site has. Uh, that's my main go-to. Um, and you I, can watch the, the matches from there as well, right? Don't they stream? Yeah, on correct. Yeah, you can actually link to which the major the major sites that you can watch the events on that stream is Twitch and YouTube, uh, but. Off of hltv.org, sorry, you can actually link from hltv.org straight to Twitch. So, yes, you can. Nice, nice. All right, so why don't we jump into this, give everybody a look at what's the first match that we're going to be going over here. So the first one, we have Astralis, who is the fourth-ranked team in the world. They are taking on Godsent, who is the 23rd ranked in the world at the time. Uh, this is a Group B upper bracket quarterfinal match for the DreamHack uh, Masters Winter 2020 event. So this is their first match. But it is like the way they kind of do this. In most of these top tier events, it's usually either double or triple elimination. Sometimes they even give them a chance at like a consolidation final where they'll bring in a team that has went to the lower bracket and has won like two matches in a row. Bring them to like a consolidation final with the upper or the lower bracket winner. And then whoever wins that match usually goes on to play the upper bracket. So it's sort of like a round robin type tournament? Pretty much, kind of. Yeah, so that's kind of how this starts out. Like, this is a Group B upper upper bracket. We'll have two in the Group B and two in the Group A that are on this slate. So these two teams, or I guess these two, the four matches that are going to, I should say three, but there's actually four. But uh, they'll actually either advance up to the upper bracket uh, semis, or, of course, they'll fall down to the lower bracket if they lose. All right. Um, now, let me ask you something. With the rosters um, that are comprised here, now, are the teams largely set? Do you know each day who's going to be, you know, playing for for these teams? Do they have, like, rotations? Like, how are, how are these teams comprised? So, John, that's really interesting that you bring that up because here lately, like, it was very rare that a top-tier team ran a six, uh, six-man roster. But here recently, it has actually come a little bit more prominent. I think Astralis were actually one of the first ones to, to actually do it here here lately. They brought in uh, Ace3Tag, who played a little bit for them. They also had Bubsky, who came from Mad Lions. Um, and they were kind of using both of those as the like an alternation. They were playing one, one event, and then they would play the other one the next match. And then uh, finally, you know, Bubsky kind of fell off the map, and then S-Tag was playing for them for a little bit. Uh, and then obviously they got their two guys back that they've been waiting on, which was Glaive and Zipex. So those two guys are back uh, now. And now S-Tag went to Cloud9. Uh, another team that's doing that lately has been uh, Vitality. They brought on Navera, and they've been swapping him out for both Shocks. They've swapped him out for uh, Mizuta. So it's, it's, it's pretty rare that that happens, and there's only just a very few small handful of teams that are doing that. But for, for the most part, about 98% of the time, you pretty much know who is going to be playing, uh, especially in the top tier. Now, whenever you get to the lower tier, which usually, you know, those DFS slates are, are very hard to come by now, for sure. But uh, it does get a little bit murky whenever uh, you have the lower tiers playing. And everybody who's new to CSGO and gaming here, uh, yes, the gamer tags that you're going to be hearing are going to sometimes be awkward. 
and you may, and be, may even be wrong. what exactly you're listening to. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was definitely a shock for me when, when he was telling me to play, you know, like, like Pipsky. I'm like, who's, who's Pipsky? And he's like, oh, it's this guy. I'm like, all right, like, sure. You know, it's not Paul, you know, it's his gamer tag. So, uh, you know, uh, you have to get used to that. You'll, 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 you'll start recognizing it more. Uh, when you start seeing the slates, that's actually helped me uh, more than actually hearing the names. But um, all right, John, let's jump into that top matchup here. Break down the maps. Tell, let's know how you think it's going to go about. Okay, so I'll kind of go over this kind of how I would usually write a playbook. Um, so typically what I look at first is the betting odds and the map odds. So for the betting odds in this match, we have Astralis minus 715. So that's basically them laying seven to one that they're going to win this match. So Godsent is plus four thirty-five on the money line, meaning if you were to wager a hundred dollars on Godsent, it would return four hundred and thirty-five dollars if they were to win. Now, uh, the map odds usually it is in the favor of either they go over two maps or it's under two maps. So it, it's actually set as a two and a half. Um, this is a best of three match. Most of the time. It's either a best of one, a best of three, or a best of five. Now, usually you don't get into the best of fives until you get to the grand finals, which would actually be the very last match of, you know, said event. So this is a best of three, and all of these will be best of threes. Just go ahead and note that. So the uh, map odds are two and a half is over, or the over two and a half is plus 155. The under is minus 215. So off the bat, that kind of tells me right off the bat that, you know, Good chance that Astralis is going to 2-0 these guys. They're probably going to sweep them. The under is set at minus 215. You're having to lay almost, you know, minus 2.2 uh, to 1 just to to get that, that under bet. So the next thing that I usually go to is kind of looking at the recent form of each team. So we can see here, you know, Astralis did lose their last match. They lost to Navi, which is also a top five team in the world, so can't really put a whole ton of weight onto that one. However, they won the prior three of four. They beat Mouse which is Mouse Sports, which is another top-tier team. They beat Int, who is also on the slate. Uh, G2, for most of you who have even played, you know, Niku, Nico just went to G2. They also beat G2. Uh, but they also did lose the G2 in that same span oh, by the sweep as well. Uh, for Godsent, they were losers in their last two. They lost to Mouse Sports as well in a sweep. They lost to Espada in a sweep. Uh, however, before that, they had won their three prior, which was over... Uh, Heroic in a 2-0 sweep, which was a good win because Heroic's uh, one of the best teams in the world right now as well. They beat Havu, and then they also beat the Lingby Vikings, who are kind of two lower-tier teams. So that's kind of what I want to look at. I look at usually you know recent form. Then I kind of see how each uh, individual player has been playing over the last month. So looking at the ratings over the last month for Australis, that's uh, 15 map sample. When I'm talking about the rating, this is basically an overall rating of how the players played over a set amount of time. So anything over like a 1.0 rating is above average. Uh, so for Astralis, for the 15 map sample that they played over the last month, it's Device at 120, uh, Dupree has a 1.09 rating, Majisk has a 1.05, Zipex has a 1.02, and then Glaive sits at 0.95. Now for Godsent, they only have a six map uh, span over the last month. It sits with Farleague at 1.07. We have Zen at 1.05. Stiko at 0.99. We have Madden at 0.98. And then their newcomer, Emmy, who has only played one match with them, is a 0.62. Now, I do need to, you know, say that now, Emmy is a brand new player for them. He's only played one match with Godsent. Uh, they benched their old um, player in Crystal. So, Emmy is the new player up for them. Um so the next thing I kind of look for after I look at kind of the recent form and see how each player has been playing over the last month is do these two teams have any head-to-head -head data for, you know, recently? Most of the time I try to look for in the calendar year that we're in. So for most of the time in 2020, I'm looking for any head-to-heads that they played in 2020. These two have played four maps in 2020. However, they both had kind of two different team makeups. They didn't have Zipex and Glaive uh, for Astralis, and, you know, Emmy wasn't there for, for Godsend. Um, just a little note, though, Astralis did win all four of the match of the maps that they played, um, and, however, Godsent didn't even win um, over 10 rounds but one map. So out of the four maps, Godsent won 10 rounds, three rounds, seven rounds, and five rounds. So not, not really good uh, track record there. After this, uh, after I kind of look for the head-to-head -head data, the next thing I do is usually go to the map data. And obviously that's one of the things that I like to kind of um, – I think that influ it influences the match quite a bit. Um, it's, it, it is very hard to predict the maps, but if you can kind of 
get an overall idea of where you think that the maps are going to go with the match. You can kind of see how each individual player is played on, on a said map. So the first thing I usually look for is to see which maps are banned. So for this one, the first two maps that are going to be banned include Mirage and Dust2. Um, so I guess I need to kind of explain there. Like I said, there's seven maps. You have Mirage, Dust2, Overpass, Nuke, Inferno, uh, Vertigo, and I think I'm missing one more. Um, we'll get to that. Nonetheless, uh, the first two typical map picks that are chosen, or ch I guess sh I should say chosen for these teams include Nuke. Uh, and the bad thing about a lot of these matches is you might see matches where both teams pick the same first map. In this instant, both teams are picking Nuke uh, at a very high clip for their first pick. Uh, a couple secondary maps include Overpass for Godsent and Inferno for Australis. Uh, the Overpass pick is a 78% win clip for Godsent over their last nine, so pretty good, you know, decent track record there for them. Inferno is near an 80% win clip over their last 14 for Australis. So um, I kind of went on the veered the side that I went as far as the map data goes for Australis and Godsent. I kind of went with Nuke as the main, and then I kind of, for Australis, I went with Inferno, and for Godsent, I went with Overpass. So once I started to look uh, on to the individual performances for each map, so looking at Astralis on Nuke, they had an 18-map sample. Top player was Device with a 1-2-2 rating, 0.78 KPR, which means kills per round. is just an average of how many uh, kills they are gaining per round. A 1.26 impact, which impact, impact means uh, essentially how much, um, how much uh, extra are they doing in a map. Are they doing clutches? Are they having multi-kills? Basically, the things that affect the big scoring on DraftKings and FanDuel has a lot to deal with the impact. So, like, over a 1.0 impact as well is very, very above average. So, again, Device has a 1.26 impact here on, on Nuke for the 18-map sample and a 78.1 ADR. Now, ADR is average damage per round. So, every player starts with 100 hit points per round. Uh, so, what that means is, is a 78.1 means that they're averaging – pretty much nearly a kill per round. Um, so that's basically what the ADR means. Looking at the other players on Nuke, we have Glaive at a 1.12 rating, Dupree at 1.07, Majisk at 1.04, Zipex at 0.85. Now we're moving on to Inferno, which is a 14-map sample here for Astralis. Again, we have Device as a 1.23, 0.77 KPR, 1.3 Impact, and an 88.2 ADR, so quite quite good numbers there as well for Device. Rounding out the rest, we have the pre at 1.8, or 1.18, I'm sorry, Majesk at 1.15, Zipex at 1.11, and Glaive at 1.01. So, now we'll move on to the Godsent side where we'll start with Nuke. They have a 19-map sample here for Nuke. Uh, Zen actually leads that map with a 1.17 rating, 0.78 KPR, 1.17 impact, 83.2 ADR. Uh, Stiko comes in next at a 1.15 rating, Farley at 1.14. Madden at 1.06. Emmy does not have anything registered because they have not played. And then finally on Overpass, they have a nine-map sample here for Godsent. Farley leads this one with a 1.23 rating, 0.83 KPR, 1.31 impact, 82.2 ADR. Uh, Madden comes in next at a 1.17. Zen at a 1.16. Stiko at a 1.08. And Emmy, of course, at zero once again. So my kind of overall analysis here is, as I do agree with the map odds on this, I do think that Astralis is likely going to end this in a two, you know, a two-zero sweep. The, you know, the Emmy stand-in kind of hurts Godsent as far as their team chemistry right now. Uh, they weren't exactly an overall like strong team to begin with, and now you know without Crystal, which was one of their main core players, I just don't believe that the, you know they have the firepower, you know, the firepower to hold against a, a team like Astralis, who's a top five team in, in the world right now. And I do believe that, you know, the maps also still favor Astralis here. So that's kind of a wrap-up on match one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the fact that they're going to likely go 2-0, you get the, you know, the, the bonus there for, like, the maps not played, correct? Correct. So that's a good thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so in the event in a best-of-three where all three maps are not played, uh, on DraftKings specifically, you will get a round not played bonus. So for every round that does not get played, even if it does play three maps, let's say that every map doesn't go the whole 30, 30 rounds. Let's say that, you know, the first one ended in 26 rounds, the second one ended in 25 rounds, then the third one ended in 28. So you have two, five, and, and four there. So you would have a total of 11 rounds not played, right? So 
for every round that does not get played in a map, I'll beat the 30 map, you know, the 30 rounds, you get a half a point added to every player's score. Now, if is in the event of a sweep, let's say Astralis does 2-0, you know, here uh, over Godsent. Well, what happened then is, let's say, you know, whatever rounds that didn't get played within the first two maps, if Australia, if Australis was to win both maps, both teams would get 30 rounds not played for the final map. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know why the loser or the losing team gets the rounds not played in a sweep. Um, that's That's been a long question that we've had for DraftKings for a long time. But that's just how the scoring goes. So both teams would actually get that last map. Uh, they would get the 30 rounds not played added to their total score. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and move on towards uh, the next couple of, of matches here. Um, you know, Liquid, 14th in the world. Mouse, 18th in the world. Right. Uh, you, you have them as the Group B upper bracket quarterfinal here. Uh, Mouse, minus 133 betting favorites. Uh, Liquid, plus 100. Uh, the map over under odds of two and a half favors uh, the under minus 120, uh, overs minus 110 there. So uh, this looks to be another one where you think uh, potentially, at least Vegas is thinking, uh, giving the favorite bump there to the under that we may have a sweep here. Yes, that, that's absolutely correct. Um, you know, it, it's it's odd that I, that I see Mouse being the favorite in here. Um, Liquid has been, you know, really strong. They've actually, uh, we are recording this on Sunday, so we the Furia and Liquid match just finished here probably about 30 minutes ago, and Furia actually beat them. Uh, that was actually the, I think, semifinal or next to semifinal match in the Blast premiere. Uh, so Liquid is fresh off of a loss now to Furia. Um, probably a pretty pretty hurt pretty hurt one that they, they lost that one. They probably wanted to win that one really well. Um but nonetheless, you know, Liquid have won four of their last five. Their only other loss was a one and two or one two result to Triumph. Um, Mouse has been winners in their last two straight over Heroic and Godsent. So they swept Godsent. They beat Heroic two one. Mouse has actually been playing pretty well. That's kind of why I'm guessing that the odds are kind of in their favor at this moment. Um, over the last month of play for Liquid, we have a 14 map sample. We have uh, Graham being their top rated player at one two one rating. We have a Liege coming in next at one two zero. Nav right on his tail at, at uh, 1.19. We have Stewie2K at 1.01. Last but not least, we have Twist, who kind of had a really good couple of last matches uh, at 1.01 as well. For Mouse Sports, we have a 14-map sample over their last month of play. Uh, Rops is easily their best player. He comes in at a 1.23 rating. Frozen next at 1.16. Bemis at 1.0. Chris J, uh, slightly below average at 0.99. And then Kerrigan, who is their IGL or in-game leader. So let me kind of explain what I mean by IGL. In-game leader is basically who calls the shots on the maps. They are the one that are telling them to do retakes. They're the ones that are telling them what site to go to to plant the bomb. Or, you know, basically the whole structure of the map is ran by the IGL. So Kerrigan at 0.92 uh, rounds out them for the last month. These two have yet to play in 2020. Uh, they, had, they did have two matches in 2019. Uh, of course, both teams had quite a bit of different makeup. I don't think Grimm was there for Liquid. Uh, I don't believe that uh, Bemis was there for, for Mouse Sports. Uh, however, Liquid did win all three of those matches played. Uh, Mouse only won one of the seven maps that they played, and that was on Vertigo. So Liquid obviously dominant in the head-to-head -head history here. Of course, they did have a couple of different players in those matches, though. Uh, so basically not a whole lot of head-to-head -head data to go off of here, so we'll go directly to the map data. First two map bands for this match are going to be Train and Overpass. Uh, believe that Nuke is going to be the first one chosen. It's kind of the same instance that we had with Australis and uh, Godsent. Both of the teams are choosing Nuke at a very high clip for their first map. Uh, I think we also see Dust2 from Liquid. They have won six straight there and uh, are winning at a 75% win clip over the last eight opportunities there compared to Mouse only having a 33% win clap clip over their last 12 maps played on Dust2. So I kind of believe that um, Mouse will go with Nuke here, and I kind of believe that Dust2 will be the uh, option for Liquid. So looking at the maps, we got Liquid on Dust2 with an eight-map sample. We have a Liege coming in pretty heavy at a 1.42 rating, 0.90 KPR, 1.57 impact, 101.3 ADR. So just really huge numbers there for a Liege on Dust2 over the last eight-map sample. Next, we have Grimm at a 1.29 rating, Nap at a 122. 
Stewie 2K also had a 1.22, and then Twist to finalize that one at 1.08. For their numbers on Nuke, with a 12-map sample, uh, we have Nap at a 1.32. He is the AWP guy. When I say AWP, I'm meaning sniper rifle. Uh, I'm, there's not a whole lot of different, um, say, positions for each player on a map. It's uh, more of where they are positioned on the map than kind of what position they play. But there are a couple different um, couple different jobs for each player. So you have the main AWP, which is the main sniper rifle. You have the riflers who usually use like M4s, machine gun, you know, like pretty, pretty much semi-automatics, AKs. Right. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, have your other lesser guns, pistols and stuff of that nature. So NAP is the AWP and Nuke is a really good AWP map. So he rates out the highest for liquid on Nuke at 1.32, 0.81 KPR, 1.26 impact, and 93.7 ADR. Really good numbers. Elige comes in next at 120, Twist at 1.13, Grim at 1.12, and Stewie finalizes it at 0.92. Looking at Mouse on Nuke for an 18-map sample, we have Rops, of course, at 126 rating, 0.84 KPR, 1.28 impact, 90.1 ADR. Following him, we have Frozen at 1.08. Chris J at 1.0, Demas at 0.96, and Kerrigan at 0.93. For Mouse Sports on Dust 2, we have a 12-map sample. We have Rops deleted at 1.11 as well, 0.75 KPR, 1.08 impact, 79.5 ADR. He is, again, um, followed by Frozen at 1.03, Demas at 0.93, Kerrigan at 0.8, and Chris J at 0.79 to round it out. So kind of the analysis here. So liquid rates out better on both maps. Uh, they've been better in recent form. They have the better all, you know, better overall team. I feel like here, and they have been playing really strong, except for you know the loss with Furia. Uh, not really sure why they're they're dogs here. Um, honestly, can't tell you a reason why I think Mouse could win this one. Uh, liquid did play a tough three map versus Furia today. You know today they lost that one. So again, you know we kind of have a bounce back narrative here as well for Liquid. So I, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Liquid here in the dog. You usually don't get these guys as a dog much. So they're one of the dogs, and I, and I still think they'll be chalky, even other dogs. But I still think they can win this match. So you think they're you think they're an underdog that could pull it off? Do you think that they will go under the two and a half maps, or do you think it will go longer? Honestly, I think that one could go three. Um, I could easily see that match going three maps. I think that um, you know Mouse could easily win Nuke. They showed a lot of uh, they've showed really good resilience on Nuke here lately. They. They've been playing well. I mean, I can't really dog uh, Mouse that much because uh, they really have been playing well. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all to see that one go the full three-map distance. All right. What do, what do we got for the next map, uh, next matchup coming up? All right. So, on the next one, we have Big, who's the fifth-ranked world uh, team right now going against Envy, who I kind of mentioned was one of the teams that kind of had a whole new makeup of their squad. They've got a few new players, uh, and they are currently ranked 58th in the world. So the betting odds for this one are big minus 555, Envy plus 360 on the money line. Uh, the map odds, we have the 2.5 over at plus 140. We have the under 2.5 at minus 190. So kind of the odds here, like kind of much like Astralis, are favoring the 2-0 sweep. Uh, big is, is a really good team. Like I said, they're you know a top five team in the world. They've had runs where they've been the number one team in the world here over the last few months. So... Uh, you know, on paper, this this does look like an, a 2-0 sweep for, for big. So kind of looking uh, at the recent form, it's, you know, big has been winners in three three straight, last four of the five, last four of five. Uh, they've swept the last two over alternate attacks and unicorn love. Uh, Envy's losers in the last four of five. Now, need I remind you that they really hadn't played but like nine maps, I think, over the last, uh, uh, yeah, nine maps over the last month. Their only win is in their last match, and they beat Gen.G in a 2-1 result. Uh, Gen.G is another team that kind of came uh, back with the whole new roster for this last event that they played in. Gen.G won their first match, and then, they, of course, they lost this one against Envy. Now, Envy is not really a bad team. So over the last month of play for Envy, nine matches, as I mentioned, we have Calix at 1.19 rating. We have Mishu at 1.06. Nifty at 0.97. We have Thomas, 0.89. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how to, to pronounce it, but I'm going to say it's Laija at 0 0.88. I don't Your know guess how to say is, it. is better than mine is, you know. I would. <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep it at that. 
So over the last month of play for Big, we have a 32-map sample here. Saracen uh, has been the top player for Big for a long time with, you know, kind of Zentaris and Tabson in the hills. Both of those guys sit with 110 ratings over the last month. Searson with a 1.13 deleted. We have Keto at 1.03 and then Tizian at 0.98. Obviously, we do not have any recent head-to-heads for these two teams because Envy is basically brand new uh, as far as their, their new team goes. So we'll go straight to uh, the map uh, data for this one. First two map bands for this match will include Vertigo and Train. Uh, both of these two teams have picked us two as their first pick lately. Another match that kind of sees both teams picking the first map as the same map. Envy has also been playing Nuke the most times uh, since rejoining the major events. I believe uh, this is a good chance that we see Dust2 and Nuke for this one as well. So Envy, we'll start with them on Nuke. They've played three maps only. So again, this is a very small sample size. And, and again, with some of these teams that are coming back with new team makeups, haven't played major events in a little while, they're not going to have a whole lot of map data. So take this one a little bit of grain of salt, as I mentioned, because you know it is very, very small sample size. So Calix at 1.17 leads it. He has a 1.17 rating, 0.81 KPR, 1.33 impact, and an 85.3 ADR. Mishu comes in next at a 1.07. Uh, Leg, 0.87. Nifty at 0.87 as well. And then Thomas rounds it out at 0.83. On Dust2, uh, only a two-map sample here for NV. Like I said, small samples, but... A lot of big numbers in this one. We have uh, Mishu with a 2.03 rating, 1.27 KPR, 2.10 impact, and a 124 ADR. Now, again, those are really, really inflated numbers simply because it was only two maps. Uh, Calix comes in next at 1.57, Nifty at 1.36, Legija at 1.3, and Thomas at 1.16 to round it out. Small samples, so don't exactly take those, you know, don't take them too, too much to heart. Uh, for big, we have an 18-map sample on Dust2. We have Searson with a 1.22 rating to kick off Dust2. Uh, 0.70 KPR, 1.33 impact, 77.8 ADR. Xanteris comes in next at a 1.11. Tabson at 1.04. Tizian 102. And also Keto at 102. So that rounds out Dust2. We're going over to Nuke. We also have an 18-map sample here for big here. Xanteris at a 111 rating leads the way, 0.71 KPR, 1.04 impact, and a 77 flat ADR. Next up, after Xanteris on Nuke, we have Searson at a 110, rating Tabson at a 1.03, Tizian at 0.96, and Keto at 0.88. So kind of my analysis for this match, I think it's kind of a toss-up. Um, <clears throat> even though, you know, Big is a minus 555 favorite here, Envy has looked really strong since returning. Uh, I, I, this is a little bit, you know, big better of a match, I should say, for them. More of a test than Gen.G was. Gen.G, I still just don't think, is that great of a team. Uh, Envy, just not near enough data to go off of, but they do have a strong core. Big, you know, is a really good team also, but and the maps do favor them somewhat here. Um, but I think that Envy it could be a wild card on this match, and, and once we get kind of to the end, you'll kind of see that they're one of my more – contrarian looks that I like on this slate. So I'll kind of leave that as that. I'm not really just too awful strong on big. I think that they could be one that could easily slip up. And I think the Envy does have some kind of firepower that could actually beat big. So I'll kind of leave it at that. Would they be uh, like a primary contrarian play for you? Or, you know, when it comes down to roster construction, like where do they rank? Um, I think that they have a couple of really strong players that you could probably use in like a 3-2-1 or like even a 2-2 two, two, uh, using a 2. You know, I, I kind of like using them in a two-man setup. I think that uh, Calix and Mishu are really strong players. They usually are the two main players for them. So I think that you can probably use them even in some two-man stacks. You can probably use them in some one-off situations um, just to kind of be different in some GPPs for sure. All right, let's go over to what looks like to be the biggest mitts match so far on the board, right? Uh, we have complexity at minus 500, uh, NC's plus 330. Uh, going under on two and a half maps is minus 180 on this one. So uh, it seems like complexity here is looking at, at a sweep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, complexity is easily probably, other than Australis, they're, they're my favorite team on the slate. They're fresh off a, of a loss. They lost to Cloud9. Um, here a day or two ago so obviously they're in a bounce back spot they're a very very good team um they you know they they were firepower and crushing teams left and right and then you know they kind of slipped up let let um cloud nine come in and beat them 
So I, I really expect uh, Complexity to, to probably make this one pretty easy. I think it's going to be an easy 2-0. Ants is just not a, a good team. They're playing – their core lineup has only played four maps over their last 30 days. Uh, they're playing with two new people in Dodo and Sadie X. Uh, those two have, have played less than five matches with the core as well. So, again, um, they're, you know, Ince is, has two new faces. Their core is kind of, you know, demolished right now. Uh, and it's just not a good time for them, for them to be matched up against a team like Complexity. So, Complexity, again, is fresh off that 1-2 loss versus, you know, Cloud9. However, they were winners in three of their, you know, four prior Guarantee they're looking for the bounce back here. Ants has been losers in all five of their prior five matches. Um, and, of course, now they're playing with two new faces. Uh, they just recently benched Sergey J, who was also one of their core. So they benched him for Sadi X. Then they uh, also had X7, who is not playing with them anymore. Um, Yampy is kind of close to a newer face. He's been with them for a few months now. So basically a, a brand-new team here for Ents. Um, just not a good spot here. So after the last month of play for uh, complexity. We have a 21 map sample. Blame F, who is also the IGL. If you guys ever get a chance to watch the match with Blame, the dude's uh, a beast too. He's like a big bulky. He's a big dude. Anyway, he, he's one of the best players in the game right now. It's a 1-2-3 rating uh, over the last month for that 21 map sample. Config comes in next at 1-2-0. JKS, who is a newcomer who came from a 100 Thieves. To make them that much stronger he sits at 1.08 over the last 21 maps poison at 0.99 and then rush to end it at 0.98 over the last month four ints at four maps only it's a small small sample their main guy alu is a 1.18 rating dodo at 0.86 yampy at 0.83 sunny at 0.79 and then we do not have a register for sati x these two have not played any head-to-head -head, so we'll go straight to the maps so the first two band maps for this one, I think, are going to be Inferno and Vertigo. Looks like the first two maps are going to be Train and Mirage. Um, Ince has always gone with Train. Alu is is basically their their IGL, and he's um he's been he's their best player. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. And he he loves to play on Train. Uh, Mirage has been a really good map, basically the best home map for Complexity lately. Um, and I think that we'll easily see this one again. So I think we're going to see Train and Mirage here. So for complexity on Mirage, we have a 13 map sample. The AWP or the Sniper Rifle Boysen actually leads this one uh, at a 1.25 rating, 0.81 KPR, 1.37 impact, and an 85.9 ADR. Config comes in next with a 1.22. Config's been playing really good CSGO lately. Uh, Blame F next after him at a 1.22 also. Both of those guys just playing really well. JKS at a 1.05. Last but not least, we have Rush at a 0.84. For Train, it's a five-map sample. Poison also leads this one. Both of these maps are really good for the AWP, so Poison is a very, very nice value on this slate. Poison at a 1.17 rating, 0.81 KPR, 1.33 impact, and a 78.2 ADR. Uh, Blame F next at 1.15. Config next at 1.03. Rush, 0.88. JKS has not played with them on train yet, so there's nothing registered there for him. Looking at Ents on train, their main map, eight map sample, Alu at 1.23 rating, 0.81 KPR, 1.15 impact with a 76.8 ADR. Next uh, is Yampy at 1.15, Sunny 0.98, Dodo and Sadiax both nothing registered for the new team. So on Mirage, we have a five map sample, which will be uh, Complexity's map pick. Uh, Dodo leads this one with a 1.06 rating, 0.71 KPR, 1.07 impact, and a 74.2 ADR. Coming in next, we have Sunny at 0.97, Alu at 0.89, Yampy at 0.85, and Dodo at 0.59 with Sadie X coming in with nothing. So, as you can kind of see there, the maps do not favor Ents at all. Um, again, the chemistry for the team is probably just not there yet. Really just, just think this is going to be a 2-0 by complexity pretty easily. Makes sense. So this would probably be uh, your, like, if you could fit them in, three-stack team here? Well, yeah. If you can, which, I mean, being on a you know a five-match five slate, there might be some chances that, like I kind of mentioned with some of these lesser teams, one that we'll mention here in a, min, a minute with uh, Gambit, the Gambit Youngsters, they have a few players that probably are likely going to be cheaper that you can probably fit into those, raw, you know, to get those top players uh, from complexity and Astralis both. So, yeah, I think there will be some opportunities where you can fit both of those in as a main stack with a three-man stack. 
All right, let's cover this last game uh, match on the slate. We have Cloud9, 152nd in the world, facing Gambit, 20th in the world here. Uh, it's interesting if you look at the world rankings, maybe this is where you can explain it to me. Betting odds has C9, Cloud9 as the favorite. Yeah, well, that's the thing is because Cloud9 just literally came back with a whole new, brand new team. Like, okay. um, the, they only have one player that was from their original core. Um, a really big name in the CSGO space, Henry, kind of took over Cloud9. He's like their GM now. Their team, you know, basically their uh, their whole – he basically constructed this team uh, out of using just Floppy as their core. So they added a few other players. And then they've only played like three matches. Like I said, they lost their first couple. Then here they reeled off two wins, uh, one being over complexity. So the world rank hasn't exactly adjusted yet. So – yeah, it's kind of hard to take that one. You just kind of, kind of, yeah, see how they've been playing lately. Their recent form is, is a lot better. They, Like I said, they reeled off two big wins over complexity and, and NIP lately. So I, don't, I just don't think the world rank has actually caught up with it yet. All right, so you think they are, in fact, better than Gambit then? Now, that's, that's uh, I think Gambit is probably my top contrarian stack. Um They've been a monster on the lower tier uh, scene for a long time. They, they're actually really good. They've been playing together for a long time. They brought on Hobbit, who was um, a good player for Windstrike for a while. He's been a really good anchor for them as well. They have uh, you know two or three guys on there between Shiro, Axel, and Hobbit who can really play. Uh, and I think this is kind of going to be a flat spot for C9. I think um, you know the big win over Complexity. They uh, also beat uh, NIP in a 2-0 sweep. I think this could be one of those spots uh, where you see, you know, riding a high confidence boost. They might, you know, kind of play down to this, thinking that, oh, it's a lower tier team. It's the first round of this event. Oh, we're going to smoke them. You know, we're just going to roll right on past them. And then you know, who knows? You know, Gambit might 2 0. Who knows? All right. Well, why don't we jump in here and break down the play, players on each team? All right. So. Um, I guess we'll start with the betting odds. C9 minus 120 on the money line. Gamut plus 105. So really, really close odds there. Um, map odds, we have a 2.5 over at minus 115. The under 2.5 is also at minus 115. So that kind of also gives me a you know kind of a little bit of sense that this could be a real you know lot closer match than, than the odds think. So this is also the Group A upper bracket quarterfinal and the DreamHack um, winner event. As I mentioned already, you know, C9 has already reeled off two nice wins after losing their first couple. Gambit, uh, Gambit, I should say, has been winners and all sweeps in their last five plays. Now, again, I need to reiterate that that has been in the lower-tier scene, so they've been playing kind of some of the uh, lower-tier competition. But nonetheless, you can't really discount, um, you know, their last five matches have been all 2-0 sweeps. They've just been kind of dominating folks lately. So over the last month of play for Cloud9, it's been a nine-map sample. Uh, Woxic actually leads them. Um, he is the one of, that they brought over from Mouse Sports. He has a 1.08 rating. S3 tag, who I mentioned earlier for Astralis, who was kind of playing a fill-in for them for a little bit. He is next at 1.04. Floppy was, like I said, their main uh, core guy that they brought back is a 1.03. Mezzi 0.97 and Alex 0.92. Alex is kind of an OG gamer. He's been around the scene for a while. Um, so he's probably kind of more of the veteran player in that in that mix. For the last month of play for Gambit Youngsters, they have a 34 map sample. They like I said, they played a lot. They they continue to play lots of events. Shiro is probably one of the best players on the server at the time. He's a big AWP guy. He's really good with the sniper rifle, and he's only like 18 or 19 years old. It's, it's pretty sick to watch him play. If anybody ever gets a chance, I would highly advise you watch him play. He sits over that 34 map sample with a 1.34 rating. So if that tells you anything right there, I know it's lower competition, but the guy's just, he's, he's masterful. Uh, Hobbit comes in next at 1.28, Axel 1.25, Nathany at 1.15, and Enters at 1.04. Obviously, no prior head-to-heads between these two. C9, again, has only played like four matches, and Gambit has been on the lower tier scene for... You know, they probably got an invite into this tournament. So going over into the maps, first two band maps are going to include Nuke and Mirage. Nuke being C9's main map lately, so that kind of takes that away from them. That's also another reason why I think Gambit is a good pick here. Uh, I think there's a good chance that we see Overpass, and I think that we see Dust2. Uh, Overpass has been a map that has been really good to both teams. Cloud9 has been one of the teams, that, or one of the maps that they played 
uh, kind of more recently as well, with Newt being their number one overpass. I think it was another one that they played quite a bit as well lately, too, since they returned. Uh, and then Dustu, I think, could be the pick that we see Gambit make in the event that um, C9 gets the first map pick. So, looking at those two maps, I think C9 on overpass, we only have a two-map sample, very, very small. Again, small sample size. Woxic, 1.26 rating. Woxic is the AWP for them. He's the sniper rifle guy. 0.73 KPR, need I remind, overpass is a big AWP. It's a very big map, so a lot of uh, sniper points in it. Uh, 0.73 KPR for Woxic, 1.38 impact, 77.4 ADR. We have S-Tag coming in next at 1.11. Mezzi at 1.10, or 1.10, sorry. Floppy at 0.93, and Alex at 0.87. On Dust2, they have not played it enough that I wanted. They only had one map sample, and half of them didn't even have one, so I just left that off. For Gambit on Overpass, they've had a 16-map sample over the last three months. Axel uh, leads it with a 1.30 rating, 0.82 KBR, 1.40 impact, and an 89.0 ADR. Shiro coming in next at 1.29, right behind him. Hobbit at a 1.20, Enters at 1.09, and Naphany at 1.08. So on Dust2, they have an 18-map sample. Shiro leads this one with a 1.20 rating, 0.67 KPR, 1.09 impact, and a 73.8 ADR. Axel comes in next at a 1.19, with Hobbit next at 1.16, Naphany at 1.0, and Enters at 0.94. Looking at the analysis, again, I, you know, I've kind of already discussed a few of the reasons why I like Gambit on this one. I think that C9 could come in flat. Huge win off complexity. You, you know, this is that, that's been a, a kind of a, you know, a staple in the sports betting. You know, if you're thinking about strategies, that that is one that a lot of people utilize whenever a team uh, comes on strong. They've won a couple big matches. They just beat a big team. Then the next one, they usually kind of come out flat. I mean, it, it happens. So I think this could be one of those setups where we see Gambit kind of come in, jump on them quick. I could easily see this one going three maps, and I could easily see Gambit, you know, going 2-0 in this. I think, I think like I said, Gambit is probably my favorite contrarian stack. So going into the uh, – well, I guess now we can kind of go into the top stacks, top plays, my values, and the top contrarian stacks, unless you have anything else to add. No, I'm ready to get into this because I, I, I always look at this basically – uh, you know, as someone that's very novice, so I see like when you say like ratings and ADRs, I don't fully understand where those things come from. Right. But what I can understand is top stacks, top plays, values, <laughs> and contrarians. Those words are I understand. I get what that means when it comes to putting DFS lineups together. Um, so this is where I go to. I, I do my best to read, you know, the maps and the and, and the matchups and the players. Right. And if I go, you know, back and forth between different players. Um, you know, if I'm doing lineup builds, I'll go in and see where their ratings and, and things are. But uh, let, let's jump into this. You have, you know, your top stacks here. You have Complexity, you have Australis, and you have Liquid. Now, is this an order of how you would play them or just three teams that you would prefer? Do you have one of these teams that you would rather do a three stack versus a two stack? Yeah, I think Complexity, like we kind of already mentioned, is probably my main three stack. Like, I just think that, you know, between... Blame F, Poison, Config, and JKS. I think that um, getting those three or, you know, three of those four in any kind of form is probably going to be one of my main priorities. Um, I think Astralis is, is is a team that there's a – Astralis is probably one that I probably only want to maybe use one or two out of. Um, I do think that they can easily, you know, 2-0 it. But I think that, you know, Godsent is, is not a very good team as well. So I don't – I don't typically, I don't really hate using a three-man stack out of Astralis, but the thing with Astralis is they have a really solid, like, overall team. So most of the time, anybody on their team can carry at any time. So what that means is, like, you could have, you know, their worst-rated player come out and lead lead one of the maps. So you kind of got to, you know, rotate out a lot of those different ones for Astralis to kind of hope that you hit the, the main captain. Where I think complexity is kind of a little bit different because they – you know, like Config and, and Blame F are basically their big carries. Um, JKS it really hasn't been just a, a, an actual carry lately. He's been more of a support, but he still has really good games. Poison can also, he can carry, but he doesn't carry often. Uh, but he also has a really low DPR, which is good for scoring because he's the AWP guy. He usually snipes out a lot, so he doesn't die a whole ton. So that's kind of why I like Complexity as a three-man. I think Astralis is better as like a two-man or one-off. Uh, Liquid, I think, 
is 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 okay. They're kind of the same boat as Australis. Their whole team has really good makeup. Uh, really, the only ones that I wouldn't consider on that one are like Stewie. He's the IGL for them, and he just never carries for them. Uh, once in a blue moon, you might see him carry. But, you know, like Elige, uh, Grimm, uh, those guys are the main carries. Uh, Twist has been coming along. I think he's a really good value. So, basically, yeah, Complexity is going to be my main three stack. Uh, Australis and Liquid, I'll probably look at doing two mans. Um, for my top plays, uh, well, I'll go, I'll go with the Contrarian stacks first before I go to the top plays. So my two top contrarian stacks, and, and again, uh, just GPP plays. I, I really like Gambit, as I mentioned already. And I think Envy. I think Envy has some value. Um, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on them because there's not a ton of value, or not a ton of data there. Uh, but I think the matchup is fair for Envy. So I think those are my two con- top contrarian with Gambit and Envy. So let's go ahead and hop into the top plays. So obviously, Blame F is going to be my top play. Device, Shiro, as I mentioned, for Gambit. Searson uh, for Big. He's just... He's really good. Elige and Rops. Um, I know I don't have Mouse listed on here anywhere, but if you want a one-off of Rops, I think that's totally fine. Um, he usually, even in losing bouts, he can score really well. So for my top values, I have Axel for Gambit, Config, of course, as, as part of the complexity stack, Poison as well as part of the complexity stack, Dupree, if you want to go for the Australis side, Tabson, if you like Big, uh, and then Frozen, if you want to pair with, with Rops with Mouse. Uh, so that's kind of how I'm looking at this slate, man. Uh, when when it comes to picking your captain, you know, do you usually, um, you know, decide between spending up for like the top price guys? Do you look, you know, if complexity is say is your top uh, stack, do you go ahead and use their highest price play as your captain, or right. do you, you know, look for the value in that? Well, I mean, it's it, I kind of do both. Um, I think I think obviously you want to you want to have those guys that can can break the slate. Um, you know you don't really have like a Zawu or a Simple who are guys that can just absolutely break slates. Blame F is a guy that's that's done it quite often. Device is a guy that can do it. Um, but I think on this slate you can be a little different at captain. I think you don't exactly have to go for the top price guys. I think you can kind of rotate in some of these you know number twos on these teams like Config. I think Poison, again, is a good one. Um, as far as, like, Dupree on Astralis, I think you can even look at, at, at some other guys as far as, like, Grimm on Liquid, where a lot of people will go with Liege. Um, I think Shiro, of course, is going to be a great one. I think Axel, like I said, is one of my values there. I think he's a good look. Um, so I think you can kind of look at in a couple different spots here. I don't think you have to go with the top price guys. Awesome. Well, Sean, we all look forward to, obviously, reading the playbook you have uh, for this slate. It kicks off at 10 a.m. Eastern time, correct? Right. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think nine. Well, 1030. Yeah, 1030. Eastern 1030. time. All right. So perfect. So we'll be out there. Uh, should look forward to having the playbook out. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can always get Sean in our uh, eSports subscriber chat. You obviously know where to hit him on Twitter uh, at smitchell17. Uh, and, you know, good luck for everybody. Be on the lookout for more information. And we'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.